With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, everybody, what's cracking? It's the Rich Eisen Show basketball podcast. It's Brockman here. It's back. We're back. It's a Wednesday. It's April 6th. It's TJ's here and Adam's here. (laughs) And guys, the Lakers are eliminated. I hate I hate to find joy in someone else's misery. I really do. I really hate finding joy in others' misery. What do you mean? But at this point, it's just like I'm just gonna have to live with the hate. I'm gonna have to live with the hate that I feel. It's amazing. Look, Adam, when the season started. Nets were the favorite. We didn't obviously know what the COVID thing was going to be in New York City, but Nets were the favorite betting wise. They're like plus two fifty. Lakers were four to one to win the title. They had the second best odds, and now they are officially eliminated from the play-in. From even making the play-in, thirty-one and forty-eight, eleventh, eleventh in the Western Conference. I know. Look, TJ, you hate it. We've been talking about the Lakers in this podcast like every single week because it's just like I can't I can't stop. I can't help myself. They're the train wreck that I that I slow down to a crawl when I pass on the highway on the 405 <laughs> going home. I rubberneck. The the Lakers are the ultimate rubberneck team. And like now that it's officially over, Adam, are you ready to declare them the biggest disappointment in NBA history? Oh man, all these Laker fans with their their flags, their logo flags on their cars. There's been no flags. No. They've they have not come out. They've been in hiding. I was going to say that they, yeah. <laughs> those those flags have been in hiding the entire time. This has been a disastrous season for the Lakers. By far the worst season for in terms of disappointments not only in Laker history but in my opinion in NBA history. There's never been a team that had such high expectations not only in Las Vegas for betting but just I'm sure like LeBron and Westbrook, they all thought that they were going to compete this year. And the fact that they don't even make the play-in, you can't even make the play-in, that's embarrassing. Like, and, you know, uh, Vogel has to be the, the fault guy, and he's, yeah, he's, he's going to be guy. gone. Yeah, but the real truth is that they're all, especially, I mean, Westbrook's the number one culprit in all of this. He's the single reason, I think, that this whole season was a disaster. If they didn't sign him, the season goes another way. But LeBron has to blame himself also for signing on the Westbrook trade. So it's all their fault. And it's uh, it's funny to watch. It's entertaining. Yeah, yeah, you're taking joy. TJ, we talked about this uh, kind of on the big show. The NBA changed things, right? They It was kind of preposterous that more than 50% of the league made the playoffs anyway. They had 16 out of 30 made the playoffs. But then they changed it. I think the playing game is actually kind of a fun, new, yeah. wrinkle idea. Um as opposed to some of the ideas that Major League Baseball has done, but the NBA kind of kind of hit a home run with this. But now 20 out of 30 teams are in the quote-unquote playoffs. Two-thirds of your league. And to be in that bottom 10, just based on the expectations coming into the year, the star power alone on the team, the Hall of Famers, five, you can make a case for five guys being Hall of Famers 
on this team. Where does it rank for you in terms of just all-time disappointments? I mean, it, it, you know, it, it, you just threw that on me, so I'm not really sure in terms of all-time disappointments. Not all-time, but, but just listen what like, you just said. So you have a team that has five probable Hall of Famers. Most likely. I think Dwight, Dwight Howard makes it, I just sure. said Kobe. My right. goodness, I can't believe I said Kobe. LeBron. Yep. Carmelo. Yep. AD, yep. Russ, yep. and Dwight Howard. And Dwight who, Howard. Despite what Shaq says, Dwight Howard is 1,000%. Yeah. And so five potential Hall of Famers on this team. And uh, beginning of the season, yeah, was I worried a little bit as someone who doesn't really like the Lakers just because I'm surrounded by a bunch of Laker fans who love to talk trash to me? No, I, I was a little bit worried at the beginning of the season looking at the team. But then literally about a weekend, I was just like, you know what? I don't, I don't. Even before the season started, before we did this podcast, we were both like, uh, this could go either way. This might not work. You look at the names on the paper and you're thinking this is going to work. But in reality, we were like, we're not sure. And it, it's amazing because you would assume that the narrative would be LeBron had a horrible season, right? If, if, if I if I fast forwarded the season to you right now and said the Lakers didn't make it, you're probably going to sit there and think, oh, LeBron got hurt or he missed a lot of time or he right. didn't play well. To the contrary, LeBron has had an incredible season. No, he's been amazing. It's just the supporting <laughs> cast is, has not been able to, uh, you know, stay on his level or get on his level. It's 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 crazy. And this just showed that you can't recreate the 2012 Olympic team in 2022. <laughs> you know, it's true. It's a it's like you said. There's five Hall of Famers, but four of those guys, well, essentially just three of them, I guess, are just way past their prime. Yeah. And so that whole thing of getting stars to uh, to go on your roster. It doesn't matter if, if they're out of their prime anymore. So, huge disappointment. LeBron James has only averaged 30 points a game once in his career. He led the league in scoring in 07-08, right? He was 30.0 points. He was 7.9 assists and 7.2 rebounds. You know what his stats are this year? They're better than that. 30.3. He currently leads, or did he fall percentage points or fraction of points behind Embiid? Because Embiid had 45 last year, right? 30.3, 8.2 rebounds, 6.2 assists. He's better than he was when he was 23, and he's 37 statistically. He's been outstanding. He's been outstanding. I, but I also think, though, he's had to do it, too. He ha- he's had to do it. I think he leads the league in shot attempts. Uh, he's just scoring at a tremendous clip because that's what the team needed, and it's because of the things you guys said, the roster around him, the complimentary players. They just didn't do it. And the thing even, too, about Russell Westbrook, I know, Adam, you said you put it all on him. Mostly. Russ has had a pretty decent year if you just look at the numbers. 18.5 points per game, 7.4 rebounds, 7.1 assists. He's getting a steal a game. He hasn't been awful, but it just wasn't a fit for LeBron and Anthony Davis and some of the other role players. It wasn't a fit, and it's the opportunity cost of losing those other players like Kuzma and KCP. It's like you take away their defense. You add in Westbrook, and yeah, his stats look good, but it just doesn't fit, and his shooting is terrible. It just And they could have added Buddy Heald if they if they kept KCP and, and Kuzma, maybe traded one of them, but just the roster would have just been so much better without Westbrook on the team. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny, too, just to kind of get away from L.A. for a second, but... We've spent so much time, we, the NBA media, the people covering the league, TJ, mm-hmm. spending so much time, so much airwaves, so much just text, internet time, talking about the 11th seed, and before yesterday, the 8th seed in the East. 
between Brooklyn and the Lakers, yeah. how what percentage of, of our NBA talk has been on these two teams that have just been colossal disappointments? Obviously, the majority of it has been about you know the Nets and the Lakers. But like you and I said pre-show today, the Phoenix Suns are the top team in the National Basketball Association, and yet sixty-three wins, sixty-three wins, and they get about six percent of the <laughs> of the talk. When it comes to basketball, it's it's pretty ridiculous the fact that we're not talking more Phoenix Suns because that is just a very well-rounded, very deep team. They play well together. I think Chris Paul, I'm hope, hoping that he got his, you know, normally a lot of times Chris Paul will have that postseason injury that'll happen in the playoffs and uh, post-regular season, I should say. Yep. Now it seems like that injury happened earlier. So maybe now that that, that specter of Chris Paul getting hurt Maybe that cloud's going to be lifted off of him and he can stay fully healthy through the playoffs, which is what I'm hoping for. Um, but yeah, the Suns, man, we're just we're just not giving them the props. We're not giving them the respect that's due because you're right. We had these expectations of the Nets and Lakers and they both have fallen well short of expectations. So let's, so let's do it. Let's talk about the Suns. And I want to talk about how great Devin Booker is. The last four years, this guy has put up. I don't know. Were you guys watching any of the game last night, Phoenix and, and the Lakers? I caught the very end so they of it. Put I just up, the they put up a graphic of the last four seasons for Devin Booker. Okay. You know what his scoring averages are in the last four years? Has, has he gone up every year? No. 26.6 in 19, 26.6 in 20, 25.6 in 21, 26.7 in 22. This guy is the most consistent superstar. He's a bucket. In the one of the most consistent young, he's only 25 years old. One of the most young consistent superstars that we have in the league right now. What? Half of America, half of the basketball watching public has no idea who he is. None. Couldn't the pick most I know him for is dating uh, uh Kendall Jenner. And they're still together, right? Yeah. Yeah, dating Good for him. Yeah, 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 he was in that one photo from their trip during COVID. Yeah, right. This guy what he's doing right now is just so ridiculous. On top of Phoenix as a whole team, top to bottom, one of the best teams, not we've ever seen, but they're the best team in Phoenix Suns history when you look at Devin Booker, 26.7, DeAndre Ayton, 17 and 10, Chris Paul, 15 and 10 assists, Mikael Bridges, 14, uh, one of the best defensive players in the league, Cam Johnson, a reliable, they have... Eight guys averaging more than 10 points. Frank Kaminsky averages 10 points a game, even though he's played nine games this year. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, the Phoenix team is so top to bottom. Like, JaVale McGee is, like, so important to this team's roster. I, it would be disappointing, I think, as a basketball fan, if they don't win the whole thing. I prefer the uh, 1993-led Oliver Miller Suns. Um, <laughs> that's my choice for uh, best Suns team of all time. Shout out to Dan Marley. Dan Marley, Richard Dumas. Dumas. Richard Dumas. Dumas. We're going way back. But yeah, yeah. Kevin yeah. Johnson. KJ. Mark West. Okay, Mark we can West. keep going. We can keep going on the old Suns <laughs> teams. But, uh, they're, the, they're the title favorite, right? Ah, not, not for me. I wouldn't say so. Really? They're not the title favorite. Well, 63 wins, best team in the NBA the, by far. Yeah, but, but I think I can already predict what Adam's going to say. Milwaukee Bucks are probably the second most disrespected team in the big picture of all of this. They are the defending champions. They have one of the, if not the freakiest player, <laughs> the Greek freak in the NBA. I, if this is a, a return bout for the NBA title, are even you going to be surprised by this? 
No, I actually think that's what's going to happen. I, I Milwaukee's in the three hole right now, uh, just on virtue of the tiebreaker. So Miami's two and a half up for the one seed. It looks like they're going to wrap that up. There's yeah, like, I mean, there's there's three games left. The three way tie for second place. Yeah, right three way tie for but uh, Boston is second, Milwaukee third, Philly fourth, based on the tiebreakers. Um, but I, it wouldn't shock me one bit. I actually think that's gonna, what's going to happen. I think Giannis is the best player in the league. I think he's just going to, uh, you know, lead Milwaukee through the East. Yeah. But is that who you think, Adam? Is that who you think the favorite should be in Milwaukee? I think Milwaukee in the East for sure. They're the favorites right now. Milwaukee and, and Miami, that'll be a tough series. Ultimately, I think Milwaukee would win that. But you're, still on the, Mo- you're still on Miami. You're not getting off of Miami? I just like that team. Yeah. I mean... They have the best record in the East right now. They have shooters and Robinson and Hero. They've been there. You have the, yeah, they've been there. They have they have the OGs and PJ Tucker, Tucker and Haslam. I think that fight might have actually helped get them closer. Yeah, I was just gonna say you know? it seems like we thought that might tear them apart and kind of send them in a different direction. Did but nothing. They've actually been playing great ball yeah. kind of since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that team, and then you have. The superstar and Jimmy Butler and superstar B and Bam. So that team is well rounded. I could see that that series between the Bucks and the Heat going seven and just being a classic matchup. Ultimately, the Bucks have the best player though in Giannis. And for the West, I know a lot of people just automatically assume that the Warriors, I mean, excuse me, the Suns will be in it. But I think the Warriors, if Steph is healthy, has anybody been paying attention to how good Jordan Poole is now? Like they essentially have a like a fourth superstar. Not a st- superstar, but a star. They have a four-star in pool. I still have, if Steph is back, Wiseman won't be back, but if Steph is back, I still think the Warriors will beat the Suns. You do? I, I genuinely believe that, yeah. Wow. You have Draymond, hopefully, you know, healthy. Draymond is the best defender out of any of those teams. You have the best player in Steph out of any of those teams. I know the Suns are a great team, but... To me, I'm. I just think the Warriors, with their outside shooting, I just and defense, I just think that they're going to beat the Suns this year. I, I think the Clay thing hasn't worked out, kind of how everyone thought it might work out with him coming back and just suddenly being the same old Clay. However, Jordan Poole has definitely leapfrogged him. He's the second best player on that team. I don't think there's any question to that. I mean, he's been phenomenal, filling in with. Steph out and proving that he can get any shot he wants. He can make it rain from outside. I just don't think they have enough collectively, though, to beat Phoenix. I mean, Dallas might leapfrog them in the standings. We might see Phoenix and Golden State in the second round. Golden State may not even get by Utah. That's a good point. That is a good point. I just, I just like Golden State. I get it, and but that's the, totally the injuries, when, yeah. when you went down at them, you were like, well, if this happens and if that happens, Steph, you know, his one Achilles is his ankle. It's always been like his, the one thing. And to come back after sitting out that long, I mean, obviously Steph's going to be able to shoot. He's always going to be able to shoot. But that's a lot of ifs to get that team yeah, ready. Phoenix looks healthy. They look ready. You know, I would assume that they got a little bit of a wolf at their heels, like because they were that close to – getting their last, I mean, they got there last year, that close to winning a title last year, and there's been zero fall-off for them this season. Um, Man. You know, we spoke about Miami, and I looked up something. I'm going to get back to that real quick, because a a guy you didn't mention, 
Tyler Hero, right? Do you Tyler know Hero, Tyler Hero's yeah. last seven games? He scored 30, 27, 29, had an off game with seven. But his last three, 26, 24, and 26 points. I mean, Tyler Hero has been balling. Yeah, for- and he's been doing it coming off the bat. I mean, he's going to run away sixth yeah. man of the year. I don't know why anyone would ever drop him in fantasy. It's, it's so weird. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, got it. Right. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, it, it's. I think the great thing, guys, really, is it's still wide open. Like, there are literally, I'd say, six teams right now where if I, you know, left the country for a few months and came back and, and said, hey, who won the NBA title? And you gave me one of these six teams. I'd go, eh, okay. I, I mean, I would probably even stretch that to eight. I think the top four teams in each in each conference can win the championship. I mean, maybe Boston and Dallas are kind of seven and eight, but I don't yeah, think they're still doable. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all if any of those eight teams won the title. If you look at the standings, Phoenix, Memphis. Memphis would absolutely surprise yeah, that me. There's would, no Memphis way Memphis would be a shot. Memphis would surprise totally. me. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because I mean, they're young and inexperienced. Yeah. I mean, but don't young. you think that's a, a kind of an advantage for them? It is, no. but like, if I told you, like, the Memphis Grizzlies are your NBA champions, you'd probably be like, whoa, really? I mean, I would say that if you just told me that in a vacuum, but like, having watched, you know, 25% of their, and maybe not that many, but maybe 15 games of them this year and just seeing what type of superstar John Moran yeah. has become and how that team looks even with him not in the lineup. Yeah, that's the thing. They're like 20 and, 20 and 3, yeah, 20, I think. They lost they another, the other night. They lost, yeah, so. 20 wins without your best player in the lineup. That just proves that they're such a great top-to-bottom team. Yeah, maybe I misspoke there about. Yeah. I like, I that's, like a, their, that's a good squad. Yeah, they're definitely a good squad, but I think everything changes once you get into April and May. And that's, I just think true. You're right. You're right. the whole without a superstar thing, yeah, that's cool and everything. But that, but in order to win in the playoffs, they're going to need Jod as absolute 100% best. And I just think that they have a great future with, with uh, Bain and Jackson. I think that team is going to be a contender for years. But just now, th- this year, I just think they aren't ready, though. I mean, are you saying you could see them losing to the Clippers in the first round or something? Yeah, I already said that. I think a couple. I think, yeah, I think uh, the Clippers can beat the Grizzlies in the first round. They have way more experience. They have a superstar in Paul George. That team has a great coach in Lou. So, yeah, I could see the Clippers beating them in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that would be – I mean, TJ, I know you love hearing that. Yeah, I mean, obviously I love the Clippers um, and the Clips. I've been on my Tyron Lou as coach of the year bandwagon because obviously, you know, what the Suns are doing is great. And what Monty's doing there is definitely, you know, coach of the year worthy. But looking at Ty Lue, and I've said it constantly, they're 39 and 40 right now, so they're a game under 500. But what he's done without Kawhi all season, without Paul George for the vast majority of the season, without Norman Powell, who came in during a trade, balled out for like a three games and then hurt his foot and has sat out. What the Clippers have done just to, to, to keep the ship afloat mm-hmm. and to stay in contention has been amazing. So, you know what? I don't know, but I'm telling you guys what. This is wide open, this playoffs, and I cannot wait for them to get kicked off. Because we haven't even talked about happen. Denver yet. I mean, Denver, what Jokic has done, and if they do get back, I mean, maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Murray and Porter. I think Denver, if the, if the standings hold, Denver could beat Golden State in the first round. If I'm Denver, though, I'm definitely not. I'm this is I'm writing this year off in terms of Murray 
and in terms of sure. Porter, like I, even if there might be like we had the Zion right. thing, but going into next season, if Jamal Murray is healthy and Joker's back, Joker's back, excuse me, and that team as it is now makes a little tweak here and there, the Denver Nuggets are going to be a problem next season. Without quite, they're a problem this season, but. They're a problem this season. A little shorthanded. Yeah, probably not enough to, to make a title run, but they could definitely pull a first-round upset. I mean, you could see them beating Dallas or Golden State in the first round. Yeah. W- would Dallas shock you guys if they made the finals? Yeah, I think in the finals it would. That would be a little shocking. I just, I mean, Luke, of course, is next level. Um, and it's a solid team, but to say, to think that the Mavs are, would be representing the West in the finals, yeah, I'd be a little mm-hmm. shocked by Trade, that. Trading Porzingis, though, was... That was genius. They they needed to get him out of there. And when you have a top five player in the league, you got to surround him with complementary parts. And Porzingis just just didn't compliment Luca in a way to best take advantage of you know kind of his skills. But you surround him with playmakers and shooters like Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson can get his own shot. Dinwiddie could get his own shot. Hardaway, Benny Smith, all these guys like they can knock down threes. And that's kind of what. I mean, you just see how what LeBron has needed, you know, in the latter years in his career, need shooters. A guy like Luca, who can play make so well, has amazing court vision. You know, he's averaging twenty eight nine and nine. Like, I don't know how that's not an MVP type year. But when you look at what other guys are doing, did you get a guy like him though? You need the shooters and the spot ups and. This Dallas team, the last half of the year, they've been one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, well, but- no, I mean, technically, they 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 haven't lately, though, because they're two and five their last seven. They've lost four in a row. I know, but the fact that they went into Milwaukee and beat and beat the Bucks when the, when the Bucks played full strength, that kind of told me something. That told me that they can be bat. You know, they can kind of go into the playoffs and and battle yeah, and pull out some of these. They're going to be competitive, but I, to beat a top team in a seven-game series, I just don't feel like they have enough. Yeah, maybe they can't pull it out. To but, make that happen. I mean, if it's Dallas and Phoenix in the Western Conference Finals, I think that's a seven-game series, don't you? No, I think Phoenix oh, would beat them in like five or six. Really? Yeah, yeah I, I just think agree on that. I like that they have shooters around Luka. It makes it so much easier because he's, more, he's a drive-and-kick uh, facilitator. But I just think that Phoenix would overwhelm them, though. I just don't think that they have that second star yet that Dallas really needs to take the next level. All right, that's fair. All right, I want to talk about this real quick because I heard uh, Simmons and Rosillo talking about it. We're not going to break down all three NBA teams, but I'm wondering what's your guys' first team All-NBA this year? I'm kind of putting you on the spot. First team All-NBA, guards, two forwards, and a center. Well, I mean, I thought about this, so I'm just going to go because I think they – I don't even know if they really use the positions anymore. No, they, that's the thing they do. Oh, they are? They okay. do. Uh, but I also know that Joker is listed as a power forward, I think. Really? I I, I'm not, I thought I read that. Uh, center, I, center here. On oh, the yeah, center. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, man, and this is tough. I'm not going positions. I just can't because you just threw it on me, so I didn't have time to think. But if I'm just going my top five, I'm going uh, Giannis – Embiid, Joker. Then I'm going to go. See, that's the thing. I'm not going to have a true point, but I'm going to go Booker and DeRozan. On your on first team? Why not? Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, it's the thing about you have to pick between Joker and Embiid. That's the problem. That's the problem. They're yeah. both centered. And so I you, didn't want to do that. Right, you right, see, right. So. <laughs> but I'm saying, if you had to pick, who gets your first team nod? Well, here's the deal. Joker, you know, what he, he's averaging 10 assists a game or something like that, but 
I think nine. And Embiid is the leading scorer in the league right now. But also what Embiid brings on the defensive side of the ball, I think is the thing that would lead me to kind of give him the nod over uh, the Joker. But look, man, if you want to argue with me that he's above Embiid on the first team, I'm not going to really be able to give you much kickback. I'm just saying defensively is kind of what separates them, the two of them for me. And so that's why I would go with Embiid. I was going to say Ja for for a guard, but he's missed, he's missed, he's he's missed, missed too many games, games though. Yeah, yeah, That's the problem. He's played 56 games, at a, so he's missed 20. He'll miss 26 games. He won't play the rest of the regular season, right? Yeah, I mean, I think they're gonna they're gonna wait till. I think you got to go Luca first team, yeah. For guards, yeah, maybe like maybe I think, maybe I think it goes. Luka, I think Luca, Giannis, and Bead. I think are kind of your three locks. And then it's just kind of who you prefer. I think I at think small forward and 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 uh, shooting guard. I have DeRozan and LeBron. You have LeBron on first team. I mean, look what he's done. But he's only played the same amount of games as Ja. Fifty-six. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I would say LeBron barely makes third team. What about Tatum? They have thirty-one wins. You can't put a guy on. What about Booker? Are we are we are we underrating Booker? Even though we talked about that I earlier, love Booker, I, I, Booker, love, I, I love said Booker. Booker. I love Tatum. I said DeRozan and Booker oh, okay. were my backcourt. Yeah. Okay. Even though they're, you know, DeRozan is a small forward, but <laughs> he's listed as guard forward. Oh, okay. Yeah. What about what about Trey Young? Low key, like quite as kept having a phenomenal great season. season. Twenty-eight mm-hmm. points per game. Uh, he's averaging 10 assists a game. Kind of a disappointing year for Atlanta wins-wise, but uh, he's kind of taken that next step and kind of proven durable. 73 games he's played. He's going to only miss maybe five or six games. I like Booker. I like Tatum. That's my first team. Tatum, Booker, Embiid, Giannis, Luka. I'm not mad at that. No Steph Curry love? That's another thing. Steph has had kind of an up and down season. Remember when we started in the beginning? At the beginning, he was MVP. MVP, right? MVP. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then he went through a really bad shooting slump. Well, bad for him. Like for bad for him. By the way, if I went through that slump, I would not be sitting in this chair because I'd be in the G League right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bad, bad for him, but it was still a shooting slump. And then they started. Then they they went on, you know kind of a big losing streak, and then he got hurt. Unfortunately, I think Steph probably makes second team. Yeah, it's fun. It's kind of fun to debate this stuff. Did you? Yeah, but did you come up with yours, Adam? What is it? You have DeRozan. Tough to deny what he's done this year. Yeah, DeRozan's been unbelievable. He has been remarkably healthy. The Bulls have been so unhealthy this whole year, and he's been the one guy that's been stable for them. So I have to put DeRozan there. I love that DeRozan's bringing the mid-range game back too. Like I love that. Did you watch him against Milwaukee last night? I he, didn't see last. Just I was, killing it with eighteen footers the whole game. I love it, man. Popped off for over forty. Yeah, I think at one point, like the entire team had seventy-five points, and he had forty of them. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. something absurd like that. So he's carrying the team. Zach Levine was out. Uh, Lonzo is out for the year. I don't think the Bulls have a chance in the first round yeah. to be honest. But but Jamar's been remarkable this season. So yeah, I would put. If I had to name my five, so let's go. I go Jokic center. I go Giannis. I go. I was gonna say LeBron, but I guess, I guess Luca. Well, he's listed at point guard, so you can put Luca at guard. Luca and DeRozan, and then Booker. Luca, Luca DeRozan, Booker, Giannis, Giannis Jokic, yeah, and you have Joker over Embiid. Yeah. 
I think for me, I like Tatum in there, but if it's DeRozan, totally fine. I think those two players, they're going to be first team or second team. Just kind of depends what your preference is. But, yeah, it's a good list. It's a good list. But, you know, as I'm thinking, there's just a lot of good players in this there's league. There's a lot of good players. You know, <laughs> you know for some reason, they say NBA's down and this and that and the third. But you look, you, by the way, let's put some respect on the Big Cat's name, too. Carl Anthony Towns has a ball this year, guys. Yep. He, and no one's mentioning the fact that he's bald. So, yeah, man, there's a lot of talent out there. The thing there. is, they do, they do three teams for all NBA. And just think about the players who are going to get left off. Yeah. Like, Donovan Mitchell probably Players won't make 16 it. 16 to 25, not going to be on the list. Like you're talking Zach about, Levine you're talking about won't. Zach Levine, you're talking about Jalen Brown, you're talking about Harden, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Edwards, Kevin Durant. Yeah, Durant, they just haven't played enough games. Yeah. Some, just, ph- some phenomenal players aren't going to be on All NBA this year. I think the, uh, the talent level in the NBA is the best it's been since the early 90s. It's just so deep right now yeah. with great players. And that's why I think the playoffs are just going to be. Such a crazy, wide-open, fantastic two-and-a-half months. Yeah, it's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be great. Okay, let's uh, finish up uh, as we've been doing always the last month or so. Let's talk Winning Time, guys. Episode 5 of Winning Time. What would you guys think? Let's see. I'm going to pull up my list here. I, oh, yeah. Uh, TJ took some notes. I took some notes. <laughs> okay, okay, TJ. So just, just for me off the top of the head, you know, kind of – a middle of the season type episode. It, it wasn't super sexy. It didn't blow my socks off or anything, but we finally got basketball being played. And I think that was kind of exciting to see. TJ, you want to go or? Uh, yeah, you go ahead, man. Well, I was just going to say that I screenshotted uh, something from screenrant.com earlier. So the Lakers signed Spencer Haywood. And I think you guys know where I'm going with this. Yes. There was the rumor that, in fact, Spencer Haywood (laughs) gave himself a circumcision as a kid, which I found jarring and completely shocking. With like a rock or something? It says here with a a rock and a razor. And I thought to myself, that cannot be true. That is insane. He was self-mutilating himself. Yes. On ScreenRant.com. It says that, in fact, that is true. He said it in his book or something. Yeah, Yeah. that is real life. Spencer (laughs) Haywood circumcised himself as a kid. (laughs) So that alone makes me completely shocked and uh, amazing. It was also funny. I don't know if that's the right word, but how they kind of built up to that in the episode. It was one of those things that guys were whispering about because it was kind of trying a, to catch a peak. A rumor throughout the league they had was it was it Norm Nixon was trying to no look, it was uh, Coop. Oh, Coop was trying to look at him at the urinal. They, like the whole team made Coop go <laughs> yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah. Coop's like trying to like take a peek, and then he just comes out and was like, "Yo, is this what you want to see?" And <laughs> he shows them. <laughs> so maybe I'm not the most mature person. That's where my head went first, but uh, yeah. But, but I found we, that fascinating. But we had, you know, actual basketball being played. The, actual the, basketball being the played. The famous yeah. first game of the year that year where they went on a last-second shot by Kareem uh, against the San Diego Clippers. Magic jumping for joy all over him, and Kareem was like, yo, dude, there's 80 more of these. Yeah. Like, <laughs> calm yourself. But, TJ, this episode did focus a lot on Kareem. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. The Solomon, um, is it Solomon Hughes who's playing? Solomon Hughes, yeah. Who's playing Kareem is doing a fantastic job. This actor is just unbelievable uh, playing the big fellow. What did you think about 
the focus on him this episode. You know, I, I was telling you this on Monday when I came in, you know, just remembering Sports Illustrated, an old sport magazine, pictures and articles about Kareem. And, you know, when he was sitting there at home, you know, having his orange juice and talking to his wife and just like the whole outfit and his whole mannerisms, like Solomon embodied Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And, you know, of course, you can look at Kareem and he always had this thing where he was sullen and, you know, not friendly. But as if you really pay attention to this episode, man, and, and, and it gave you kind of a look into the world and the mind and the heart of Kareem, basketball was just a means to an end for Kareem. He had a lot more things, a lot more important things that were going on in this world to him than basketball. So Kareem being an intellect, he was someone who, you know, I guess didn't suffer fools wisely. So he didn't really, you know, he wasn't the guy who was going to sit around and BS and, and, and joke around with the guys because he had a very serious mindset. It just so happened that, you know, like he said, when he went to the mosque, this is why you were made so big and this is why you were made so strong. So, yeah, were there points where you're like, man, if Kareem had been maybe friendlier to people, but, you know, Kareem was on another level. He had he had different things on his mind. He was wasn't all about just like being an NBA player. So I thought that was a great look into, you know, the world of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, again, Solomon played him tremendously. Um, so I love the way this, the, the series started out with the focus on him there. Also, you know, Dr. Buss, when he was having the, the tryouts for Laker girls, it was like, <laughs> say what you want. But his vision was spot on. He knew what he wanted. Yep. And guess what? There's two famous groups of cheerleaders on this planet, the yep. Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders and the Laker girls. Yep. So guess what? He was right. And then, you know, the little Easter egg with Paula Abdul being Yeah, there. I think they fudged that. that, that's, that yeah. that's not how it happened in real life. I don't life, think so, but, but, you know, Paula Abdul was an she early was, yeah. Laker girl. So but that, I think it took her a couple of years of auditioning to become Is that one. how? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I like that part. Um, what else do I have here? Oh, the, the other thing is, you know, just Chick Hearn. Man, like, I don't... They're like, really making him out to be kind of an Ch a-hole, right? Yeah, yeah, Chick Hearn's kind of, kind of uh, a, a, a little bit, like... You know, penises, if I if I could say that. And I don't know if this is real. I don't know if Chick Hearn was really like this because I yeah, never I heard either. any stories. But, man, Chick Hearn, man, he, he definitely comes off as a guy. And, fist. Yeah. yeah like, fist you know, and, shut and, up. And, like, and when what? he's telling Pat Riley when they're, when they're doing the games, it's like all you need to know is this and this. Like when I put my fist up, shut up. When I close my fist, shut up, rather. And it was just like, wow, really? And Pat did it for a minute. But then you got to see the progression as it, as it went on. He looked at his hand and it was up and Pat felt comfortable, but yeah, man, I don't know if it was, this the real chick Hearn was this. Yeah, I know. I think like in the early episodes, it was like, well, Jerry West really has a beef. And now I think in the last couple of episodes, it's like, ah, yeah, chick Hearn's family can be like, yeah, what is going on with this uh, <laughs> right? portrayal? But, uh, we also got to finally see the end of the episode, yeah. Adam, of, um, kind of the tragedy that hit Jack McKinney, this unfortunate thing that happened to him, this bicycle accident, which is true. That's pretty much how it played out. His brakes gave way, and he went uh, head over the handlebars. And as we know, he never coached the Lakers again. So it's just kind of unfortunate. And we'll see how this plays out in further episodes. But what did you think of that whole ending to the episode? Well, it's interesting because it shows how one incident can affect so many people in so many different situations. It's truly a butterfly effect because if that doesn't happen – He's probably leading the Lakers to a championship that year. 
Well, he's they the won coach. the championship that year, so yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so, so he's leading the championship that, that year. He's coaching the next year, and who knows if Pat Riley ever gets to coach the Lakers. So yeah. it's so you have to think about that type of stuff, that he might not have ever been the coach of the Lakers, and who knows what would have happened with his career. So it was fascinating to see what, what happened. Um, apparently he did coach, I think, the next year, any one coach of the year, I think, with the Pacers, I believe. Yeah, he becomes the Pacers coach. I yeah, think, so yeah. Uh, obviously horrible what happened because you could tell how much he prepared uh, to coach that team. He really wanted to coach that team. He put everything into it, and just to see it end like that is is sad. But you also have to give credit to him being the guy that really constructed the blueprint for that dynasty in the 80s to happen. So I thought that – I thought they gave him pretty good credit – in the show, so showing how he he was the originator of Showtime. Yeah, I mean, I, and I said that last week. The guy really was the architect. Yeah. And when you look at the plays and you look at the way his mind worked, it was just like this guy really set it off. And it, it's just a shame that that happened to him because you're right. Who knows what would have happened? They they won the title that year, and then they had all the success basically using the formula that he created. And um, but I'll say this, you know, that scene at the end of of him riding the bike that was so well done so well shot you had a moment there where you thought he was going to get hit by a car mm-hmm. that was yeah. so as he's crazy. biking and then yeah. they missed each other and he's kind of you know he's just unaware of it and he's driving and then you see that that brake pop and then he flies over the handlebars and skids face first oh. and I, I told chris this the other day i probably sat there from that moment yeah. until the credits rolled and this was me in my living room because I watched it on Monday because I went to WrestleMania this weekend, so I didn't get a chance to see it. I watched it Monday morning, when I, Monday afternoon when I got home from work, and I sat there like, oh, my gosh. Just the thought of him hitting his head and skidding face first. Like, it was just a well-done scene. The shooting of it was well done, and it, it, it's sad. You're right, because who knows what it, this man's entire life would have been different. If that, but if he had like, not gone out, how many different to play tennis with Paul Westfall? Then? Yeah, like, oh, like can we? <laughs> not, not gonna say what I was gonna say, but think about how many people's trajectories and careers are different because of that moment. But also, Adam, you said his that own, right. His own Paul Westhead, Pat Riley, yeah. Magic. But I feel like the players, their trajectories would have stayed because I feel like that really was his his playbook and the way he ran that team. It seems like. And we'll find out later, but it seems like that's that was the Lakers' formula, right? But then if you want to go deeper in the butterfly effect, you think of the disciples of Pat Riley, you know, Jeff Van Gundy. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah, Spolstra, all these guys that have been assistants of his or under him, who knows whatever happens with them. Yeah. It really, yeah, it what, really if, what if Pat Riley's first head coaching job ends up being somewhere else? Or maybe he gets tabbed to be, you know, maybe he's just an assistant forever and then – he goes and coaches an expansion Minnesota Timberwolves, or or what if Pat Riley never le- finds his voice at that table with Chick, and then right. like I'm I'm cool here doing. And goes it. to Seattle or Phoenix or somewhere. You know what I mean? Like so many different peoples. You're right. It's just not just it's not just the main characters of the show. It's kind of all the offshoots. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you got to think about the coaches who McKinney would have brought up. Because you know right. he was a lifelong, yeah. he was lifelong assistant, right. and he waited for the perfect time. So you knew he had, you know, Paul was one of his coaches. He probably had other guys who would have brought in. So you're right. This changed so much for so many people. Other than, I, I mean, the Lakers still won their five titles. So 
you know, in the big scheme of things, it didn't. But, you know, the, the supporting players, yeah, it changed a lot of lives. Also, I wanted to bring up, this is kind of off topic, but a thing that I noticed in the episode was when Jerry Buss was in the Forum Club and he noticed that the bar wasn't even. Yeah. Like, that just showed how much of a perfectionist he was. And I think that really showed, like, how much this guy wanted to win and have an incredible situation while he was winning. Like, he wanted everything perfect. He knew, he said something about the first impression. You have only one chance yeah, to create exactly. a first impression. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. He really uh, knew what he was talking about in terms of creating the right first impression for fans and for the organization. Yeah, can you imagine going to the Forum Club back then? Yeah, I heard that place was, <laughs> I heard that was, that was like heaven on earth in the Forum Club, man. I w wish we were old enough to have enjoyed and gotten into that place, man. Like I used to do Joseph's on Mondays and I thought that was great back in Hollywood, but getting that Forum Club back in those days, man, oh, I can't even imagine. I just can't imagine. And that's where we're going to have to leave it, guys. We're going to have to just imagine the Forum <laughs> Club in the 80s. And all the greatness that came. And by the along way, if any it. of you were there, please leave yes, us some please. comments on YouTube yeah. or leave Twitter. Us some comments. Tell us what it was please. like. Maybe call in. We can have you as a guest one Send week. Send us some pictures <laughs> to just like get some <laughs> stories. But just, oh my gosh, I can't even think about. It. I'm right, really in the winning time, man. I'm loving <laughs> it's this. It's amazing. It's such a great I'm, show. And here's the other thing: before we go, like I think all of us, we watch every episode multiple times. Like it yeah. isn't just one shot. I've, I've watched every episode minimum of three times. Like, it's so I, good. I'm just that much into it's it. It's so well done. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week where we will know what the official standings are uh, for the NBA playoffs. We will get you excited and ready to go for what should be an amazing two and a half months. For Adam and TJ, it's Brockman. Thanks for watching and listening. The Rich Eisen Show, Basketball Podcast. Be out. Peace. Peace.